Live and local in the afternoon. They always keep you on edge. Cattles. And Rami. On Sackdown Sports. That's the show. Hour number three underway. Cattles still out. Jay in for Nick Cattles. Kyle on the other side of the glass on those ones and twos. Simone on your sports updates over there. Helping out on the other side of the glass as well. This Jimmy G thing keeps getting weirder. We'll get to that coming up at 4.30. But huge news out of the NBA today. World-changing news. Well, not world, but basketball world-changing news in the NBA today. Bob Myers stepping down as the president and general manager of the Golden State Warriors. Here he was uh, explaining exactly why he made that decision earlier today. This is tough. This is hard. I have emotions. Um that I'm still processing, but, but the bottom line is, uh, this job, the one I'm in, and I would say this for any professional general manager or coach requires complete engagement, complete effort, thousand percent. Um, and if you can't do it, then you shouldn't do it. And so that's, that's, that's the answer to the question of why I can't do that to our players. I can't do that to Joe and Peter really can't do it to myself. Um, and that's a question I've been wrestling with. Appreciate your patience, uh, letting me make that decision. Everybody in this room, you know, I've only known how to do things one way. My whole life is is kind of all the way, and doesn't feel right to do something when when I can't give it everything. And and that's what it takes to do what we've done over the last for me twelve years. So he says, just just not a lot of gas left in the tank. He just he and and he feels like he should step out of the way and let somebody else do the job. And and I there look, man, I I understand. There's there's probably some of that there, just burnout. You know what I mean? With the demands and the the intensity of of that job and everything that comes with it. But Jay, I also I also think there there is a a tough situation coming up for the Warriors. I'll just read you from Adrian Wojnarowski's piece today on Bob Myers stepping down. He says, the Warriors are approaching a difficult crossroads with a payroll and luxury tax that could approach a historic $500 million in 2023-24 without hard decisions made on the future of key players, including Green and Thompson. Here was Joe Lacob earlier today commenting <laughs> finger slip there <laughs> well, i was getting ready for the lake of sound i hit the <laughs> kevin right. durant saying I, kevin herter i've been there here's here is joe lake of the warriors owner talking about the financial situation that that they face right now we have a lot of work to do obviously and we have time we have until uh, the draft and free agency which is you know, a month away or so so we're gonna win no matter what i don't care what the rules are we are going to figure out a way to do it. That's what good organizations do. They figure out a way to win the game. And our game is to win games and to win championships. And you know, when we came here, uh, this, organ- this ownership group 13 years ago, we made a ridiculous proclamation about winning within five years. And, of course, somehow we managed to do it, all of us, players and everybody involved. And uh, we've continued to win. And, and, look, the rules will change in the game, but we'll continue to do that. And JJ, he says, no matter how the rules change, we will continue win. to win. He didn't say, I will pay that historic $500 million in payroll luxury tax mm-hmm. if indeed 
it should come to that. And I mm-hmm. think I think you read between the lines a little bit, and maybe I'm reading a little bit too much between the lines. He's saying, look, we'll, we're not going to spend that kind of money, but within the parameters of the CBA and not paying that luxury tax, we will win. And I think Bob Myers was looking at this thing, and with what we just heard, and we talked about it earlier in the show, of, you know, just a little burnout setting in and how hard the job can be, I think that was a factor in him looking out over the horizon and seeing that he might have a very difficult, if not impossible job to to match, recreate, live up to what he's done already as the president and general manager of the Golden State Warriors. And he knows Joe Lacob ain't shelling out $500 million in luxury tax so he's he's getting out before things start to go bad, be- before that thing starts to crumble right there, and it starts reflecting badly on Bob Myers and the legacy that he's built in Golden State and what that might mean for the next job in terms of any stink he might have on him once that thing falls apart. I think there's a good possibility Bob Myers is getting out of this thing before it, it blows the hell up, Jay, which is a very, would be a very, very good thing for the Sacramento Kings and the rest of the Western Conference. Yeah, and if that's the case, if he is doing it, then that's a sucker move. <laughs> sucker move. You don't want to put these cats in this one, in this in yes. this harm, right? Yes. You don't want who, who who created these contracts and these deals, and you've been around for the last, as he said earlier, in the or excuse me, in the piece, twelve years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know he, it's a tough tough situation to have to sign Kevin Durant, Jordan Poole, and keep Clay the big three together, pay Steve Kerr, bring in the veterans. But if that if that is the truth, then you bailed out when it when it the time got rough and you bailed. And so now I'm gonna look at you a little different. So I'm hoping that's not the way it But went. I mean when when he put all this together, he didn't know what the new CBA would look like in terms of these these penalties these these because they're they're really really Stiff. ramping up yeah. the luxury tax penalties because of the warriors exactly. yeah they mm-hmm. were thinking of calling it the Joe Lacob tax right. so mm-hmm. he didn't he didn't know that he didn't know Jay, Joe Lacob wouldn't be able wouldn't be willing to go that deep into his pockets nah, I'm pretty sure he knew Lacob wasn't gonna pay five hundred million dollars I disagree with that I mean I don't even know if that was even out there that he'd have yeah. to pay five hundred million dollars you know what I mean but I also think too Rami they've been over the cap quite a bit. And they've definitely, you know, Joe Lacob and and have has pledged a lot of money. And I'm pretty sure he told, look, there's a point in time where the we're going to factor in the profits compared to what I'm paying out. And there's got to be a maximum. There's got to be a ceiling. I, if you if you don't think Bob Myers knows the ceiling, then that, that whole organization has been fooling everybody. Now, what 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 I will say is kind of a sucker move on on Bob Myers part is not necessarily bailing because they're stuck with those contracts. I think that Bob Myers had a plan. Mm -hmm. And remember we heard, we had heard like, oh man, they're putting together back-to-back dynasties. Sure. With, with, uh, Kaminga and Moody Moody and Wiseman. Wiseman. They They signed Jordan Poole to the big contract. They shouldn't have. That's all kind of blown up in his face. Right. You know what I mean? And this, we were just talking about Marvel during the break in phase one, two, three, four, five. Phase two of the the Warrior Dynasty is not is not looking as certain as maybe it did a year or two when they stockpiled all these lottery picks and Jordan Poole was looking like a guy who could be one of the like new core mm-hmm. of this team and the new dynasty moving forward. 
I think that kind of blew up in his face, plus the $500 million in luxury tax if they want to keep the old dynasty together. And he's looking at this and just going, I can't do it. I don't know know any way out of this. This is about to get bad. This seems like a cash Let me get out of here before things get bad. And blame it on my uh, mental. (laughs) I get it. Nothing wrong with that. Look, if for what he is saying, and I'm only taking what he's saying to face value, there's got to be more factors, small and big. But if he's saying he's burnt out and he can't give it his all and he can't, you know, go any further in the way he is operating, then I'll take that. Now, I like where you're going with it, Rami. I do think there's something to he wants to get out while on top and not fill the bottom. He doesn't want to, you know, bottom out. So I think that's part of it, too, because if they were in a little more better cap position or if they wanted again, maybe he would come back. There was talk even after they won last year that Bob was like, mm, I might not be coming back or be around too much longer. So I think this is something that's kind of been on the doorstep for him. And he, I think the, the big three and Steve Kerr has probably tried to talk him into staying around because they've been around since he's been around. Um, but for the Kings and for the West, mm-hmm. the door is open. Yes, sir. It is wide open. The Ding window dong, is the open. Is dead. Yes, yes, sir. And the Warriors, they've been bitten. They're, you know, they're starting to, they're showing that they're not the Teflon Don. There's some things that you can kind of rip and tear apart. And we've seen even, the Kings push them to seven, mm-hmm. right? And De'Aaron had a hurt hand. And Domas didn't play the best. And Kevin Herter didn't show up in many games. And, you know, we can go on and go on. Keegan was left on the side for quite a bit of, a bit of time, even though he didn't show up in the first couple of games as well. But I say that to say for the Kings – and the West, the only team I truly can see being around, and I'm going to build a window, four or five years, is probably Denver. Mm-hmm. Everybody else probably has a year or two left in like I could see them winning the championship. The Clippers, the Warriors, the Suns, mm-hmm. everyone else for me. Memphis. I don't know. I yeah, don't Memphis know. It d- depends Memphis on what job. Yeah, I'm not sure. In yeah, yeah, Dylan Brooks is gone. We don't, who knows what's going on with John Morant. Dwayne, you know, Bain is out there, but yeah, right. Stephen Adams a little longer in the tooth. You know, Brandon Clark was hurt. I mean, there's some things out there where it's like I'm not, I'm not sold on them the next five years. Beyond that, a lot of people looking at OKC. Of course, women Yama going down to the Spurs changes everything. Mm-hmm. We still got to see him play though. And if I'm Bob Myers and I'm looking out over over that horizon, Jay and and the the pool Kaminga Moody Wiseman plan, yeah, ain't really working. Yeah, man, I'm not going to keep trudging. I look if I look out on the horizon, it's just desert. Yeah, I'm just going to lay down and post die. up. <laughs> exactly. If there's no green, cool palm trees, no green pastures <laughs> out there, what, what am I going to keep on trudging for, man? No, you'll take your chances uh, here. I'm just going to yeah. walk. Away, I'm just gonna build a little shelter or something and just hang, just hang out here. Kings have an opportunity, Rami. Absolutely, as does a lot of the people in the West. Absolutely. Meanwhile, out east, do that. Does does the Eastern Conference have an opportunity? Is it time to break up these Celtics? We'll discuss right after this. One brings Macloff magic, while the other, hmm, we're still trying to figure that out. Paddles and Rami, Sacktown Sports. That's the show. Cattle's out. Okay. Robbie in. Jay in for cattle. Is this Simone on the ones and twos? Or? I, I picked this oh, one. Okay, yeah. yeah. I see you working. <laughs> Thank you. Baby, baby. This didn't feel like a Kyle. No. <laughs> what are you saying, <laughs> Rami? I'm just saying, this didn't feel like a Kyle selection. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Kyle, do you know Tony Braxton? 
Sure. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Coming up at 445, one of my favorite segments on the show that we do every week. They said what? At 430, this Jimmy G thing keeps on getting weirder. We but still got to talk about Jimmy G. It, yeah, Jay. Keep, right. It just keeps on. I thought I, was sh- I thought I shook him by now. Nah, more and more wrinkles to that whole thing and, uh, and his foot injury out there in Las Vegas. But we were just talking about, you know, potential uh, opportunity out west with, with the Warriors possibly starting to, to fall apart with Bob Myers stepping down today. Jay, this, this Celtics team... I mean, they they make little changes here and there. They added Malcolm Brogdon, who we'll hear from in in just a second. But as far as the main pieces, it feels like they've been trying to to get to the mountaintop forever with the Tatum and Brown and Horford and these these main guys that they have there. And they just they just can't they just can't finish the job. They keep on coming up short and. You do have to ask yourself the question, like, will this ever work, or do you have to? Do we have to shake it up if you're the Celtics? Do you have to break up this core? This was Jason Tatum after the disappointing 103-84 loss yesterday. To win a championship? I mean, we've shown that we can get there. Um, I mean, we get to the conference finals. It's my fourth time in six years. and been to the finals once, and, you know, we had a special opportunity this year. Uh, we just fell a little bit short. It's not like we're not capable. We don't have the talent. You know, we do. Uh, you know, it just didn't go our way this year. And you Jay, know, we didn't play well enough to win this series. I always caution fans, if if a team or a guy has one shot at winning a championship and he doesn't, folks want to fire somebody or trade somebody or have some sort of major shakeup or something, I will say... Just because they didn't doesn't mean they couldn't. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is a timeline somewhere where they got the job done. They, True. They put together a team good enough to win a championship. Just a lot of things have to fall in place, and only one team is holding the LOB at the end of the season. Just because they didn't doesn't mean that they couldn't. That's you know? right. But when when you try and try and try again, even though the talent looks good on paper and, and everything else – you do get to a point where you're like this this combination just ain't unlocking this safe. Sure. You know what I mean? And you got to try something else. It's the locksmith. Are we at that point with this Celtics team or are you going to give it one more run and see if Missoula second year head coach pick his own staff, everything else that goes with it, maybe they can crack the code next year and figure this thing out. Yeah, I if I was in the Boston Celtics position, I'd probably run it back one more and and tinker with the small pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think you know you can. One of the things for me, and this is as watching the Kings, you know the King this season when the Kings played the Warriors, the one thing a person can always say is, well, De'Aaron wasn't a hundred percent at the end, mm-hmm. and most people would point to a couple of turnovers that he had, a couple of shots. Well, if De'Aaron was 100%, that that probably doesn't happen. I think a lot of Celtics fans would probably lean on the fact that Jason Tatum had a bum ankle. I would I would venture to kick back and say, well, Gabe Vincent did too. Mm-hmm. You know? The other part for me, if I'm a Celtic fan, is Joe Mazzula stepped in because of the email Doka stuff early in the season, 
34 years old. He's learning on the job. I mean, we were literally, what, within a week or two of, of the, the NBA season, season starting when off. that whole thing happened? And you brought him from the front, from the back of the bench to the front and, yes. and had him skip over a few people. And so I think that's part of it, too. You also had Damon Stoudemire, who was a you know assistant associate head coach, and he jumped down to go to, to college, take a head coaching spot you know, during the season. And so I think there's a few small pieces that the Celtics fans and that the organization can hang their hat on and say, well, you know, if email, if the email thing doesn't work, it's our, it, we probably make it to the finals. If, you know, if Jason Tatum doesn't sprain his ankle, we probably beat him in game seven. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a few small things they would, tam- I would tamper with and running back one more time. But I think kind of like in the Bob Meyer set situation is, you have to give yourself a finality to it. If it doesn't happen next year, then yeah, I'm switching. I'm switching it up a little bit. I might run it back one more time and and tinker like Robert Williams. Robert Williams is not a guy you can run out there 35 minutes anymore. So you got to get that. I'm not a believer in Al Horford as much as people are. You know, uh, I like Brogdon. I think. He's not as high powered. You need, I need. I think you need microwavable offense for them sometime mm-hmm. when they're lacking. And he's not that guy anymore. He's not quick. You could tell he's a little more stiff. He's slower. He's a little more jump shotish. He doesn't go to the cup a little more. Hence what we talked about the the Celtics shooting threes. So I I'm probably running back and tinker with a few more things. I'm I'm probably small things. I'm probably with you and. I mean, you do got. I mean, we were asking earlier in the series if if you got to fire Joe Missoula if, if they if they get swept in the embarrassing fashion mm-hmm. that they did. You look at what he took over. We talked about Ema Udoka days before training camp. Yep they they get out to a twenty one and five start. This, this dude stepping in as the head coach, they get off to a twenty one and five start. That wasn't his fault. They, they leave it to a couple people around me. <laughs> they win fifty seven regular season games. That's ball. In his first year as as a head coach, and that was without you mentioned Robert Williams without him for forty seven games. Uh, they they dropped game five of the second round to fall behind to Philadelphia three to two. They come back. They win six. They win seven. They close out that series. They fall down 0-3 against, against the Heat. They yep. come back and, and make it a series and take it seven, almost being the first team in 151 tries to come back from down 0-3. The thing that concerns me, Jay, and I, I when, when I looked at the big picture and, mm-hmm. and what Missoula, the, the, the task he had ahead of him, it was a lot for it a was. 34-year-old head yes. coach taking his first job days before training camp starts. So he's not really... The guy I really have a question about right now. Okay, it's these, it's the players. Mm. It's 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 the guys who put on the uniform and go out there and the the fabric that they're made of. Like what kind of players, what kind of people that they are. And the reason I say that, Jay, is you talk about well, if Jason Tatum doesn't sprain his ankle, I could argue you should have never been in a game seven for Jason Tatum to sprain his ankle in the first place. Very true. Because you were the better basketball team and you let the heat embarrass you for three (laughs) games, not just beat you, embarrass you. Jimmy Butler was clowning you out there on the court for the first three games of that series. And then the other thing, and this is, this is much bigger and bigger picture to me. They're 11 and 12 at home during their last two playoff runs. Well, would you want to go play in Boston? <laughs> the fact that I had to play, if I'm a player for the Celtics, the fact that I have to play in Boston, I would be like, oh. Jay, they're 11 and 12, including three losses in this series alone. Yeah. And I, I brought this up with Kyle and Chris in the uh, crosstalk from, from, from Chris and company. 
I don't know how. Did you see the pregame hype video and the pregame yes, they atmosphere about it. Oh, my at gosh. TD Garden it's yesterday? Nauseum, yeah. Man, that place. And I know, yeah, Boston's obnoxious. Of I course, get, I didn't enjoy it, but I'm just saying that place was hype. It was rocking. Jay, and to come out and not just let that thing slip through your fingers, let it slip through your fingers the way that it did. It was. Mm. It was the Jekyll and Hyde thing again of the Celtics just not showing up. And for a moment like that yeah. to not show up and, and to lose uh, three home games in one series, to lose 12 home games in two playoff runs, that's the most playoff home losses over a two-year span in NBA history. That's never Nobody's ever lost that many home games in two years of playoff uh, basketball than, than the Boston Celtics. Celtics did. They just, I don't know if it's one guy, two guys, if it's Brown or Tatum or or the role players and the I don't know I don't know what it is but something is off with this team where their character just isn't consistent enough right to really to win a championship yeah. or at least that's the way it seemed till now we talk about they're young and Brown is 26 Tatum's 27 but man at some point you just got to go maybe this ain't going to work yeah it's not it and something needs to be shaken up i didn't know i didn't know they were that bad at home till i read it this morning yeah that's, yeah you make some great points, Rami. You make some great points. I know we have to break. I, I there's just a few people like Celtics fans. They're tied to some of these guys. Like, oh, Al Horford's this. Like, nah, Al Horford, nah, nah, he's not that. You need someone else, right? Um, and I think that's part of me saying take the small approach rather than the big approach. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, I think we continuously hear about Jalen Brown, which is the big approach. And maybe you hit on something that I hadn't thought about. Maybe you replace Missoula and let him know he's the head coach in waiting, and you bring in a Monty Williams. You bring in a, you know, well, I can't do Nick Nurr, but a Budenholz or someone who's kind of already proven. Mm-hmm. Let him get Who one knows or two what in. it takes. Yeah. He's been there and done it. Absolutely. I just don't know if a coach is, is the, the, answer the answer or the guy that's going to fix this thing, man. There might just be something. And I, I don't – they're all very good basketball. They've put together a hell of a roster, but – so don't take this the wrong way. Just something rotten at the core of this thing. You know what I mean? That, Celtics. That it, it it just might not work. Yeah, and maybe it's just, you know. Yeah, Celtics. I'm hating. Boston's a terrible place. Right after this, this Jimmy G thing just keeps getting weirder and weirder. We'll tell you the latest wrinkle next. Sacktown Sports. Headlines. I'm Simone with your Sacktown Sports headlines. Miami Heat closed out a contentious Eastern Conference final series against the Boston Celtics with a Game 7 win, 103-84 on Monday night, and will face the Denver Nuggets in the championship. The Heat are just the second eight seed in NBA history to appear in a finals. Over in the Mile High City, Denver Nuggets will be debuting their first finals appearance with a little home court advantage as they host Game 1 of the championship series beginning Thursday evening. Golden State's Bob Myers a two-time executive of the year and integral architect of the Warriors championship dynasty is stepping down as the franchise's president and general manager, he announced earlier today. For the latest on this developing story, all things NBA Finals and NFL news and notes throughout the summer, head to SactownSports.com or tap into that Sacktown Sports app. Let's do it. I'm Simone. Those are your Sacktown Sports headlines. Welcome back into Cattles and Rami with Jay Johnson. Afternoon home for Kings Talk and more. This is Cattles and Rami on Sacktown Sports. That's the show. They said what? Coming up at 445. Jay in for Cattles, who will be back shortly. Still 
Nothing nefarious or scandalous going on with Nick Candle. Nick Cattles. Almost called Nick Candles. Just uh, <laughs> some business to take care of. Nick Camels. On the home front. And so we're holding down the fort here in the meantime. And uh, wish Nick and the family the best and hope he gets back here as soon as he possibly can. It was late last week, I want to say Friday, that we learned that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's foot still broken when he signed to be a Las Vegas Raider. And we knew, like, something was weird because he showed up to sign the contract, and then he took his physical, and they did not sign the contract until the next day, but eventually did sign the contract. But we only learned late last week, like I said, with them reporting to OTAs and Jimmy not participating, that that foot that they thought would not require surgery, uh, and he did require surgery. And so he's not quite ready yet. They, Surprise. They are telling us. <laughs> Pretty much. They, they are telling us that he'll be ready for the regular season. That's that's the line that they're they're selling us. Nothing to see here. Nothing to worry about here. That he will be ready for the regular season. But we learned today, Jay, or maybe this was ye- yeah yesterday, from uh, Tashawn Reed and Vic Tafour from The Athletic, that there is a clause, an addendum, in Jimmy's contract with the Oakland Raiders. And I don't know if this is just the way it fell in alphabetical order or if this was for comedic effect. The clause is called Addendum G. And it is a waiver and release. And I'll spare you all the legal jargon and mumbo-jumbo that I didn't understand while reading this and then having to go and find out what all this actually means. The Raiders are covering their ass. Yes. In the case that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't ready for the regular season, yep. they can basically get out of this contract. That's 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 the long and the short of it. They 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 can get out of the Jimmy G business if that foot isn't healed up and he can't pass a physical between now and September and the start of the regular season. JJ, this might just be like a worst case scenario fail safe for, for the Raiders. But I don't think you're doing this unless you feel like you need to do this. And there's a possibility that he might not be ready for the regular season. And they need to go and get a starting quarterback if they don't already have one in-house. And they're going to need that money to go and get whoever they might want to go out and get if that money is in-house. I'm not saying this is something today on May 30th. But I also can't sit here and say it's not it's nothing. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't go with this clause makes me think that maybe the Raiders aren't so sure about Jimmy G after all. And the quarterback market had just dried up by the time they found out about the foot. And they're like, we're stuck. What, what else are we going to do? Right. Let's sign this guy. And if he's not ready, we can get out. Well, I'll say this for the Raiders. And as much as I, you know, have disdain and hate for the Raiders. They did something well, something good this time. They protected themselves. A lot of times the Raiders. win for haters. Yeah, definitely. I'm, take me to the ball because I'm in there, baby. I'm in there. win for hate of the year. Buck nasty and all. Okay? But, you know, they, they protected themselves. This is something they should do and they should have done. And it's a good job by Ziegler. It's a good job by the ownership, you know, group. And it's a good job by the front office. Jimmy G is going to be hurt. He stays hurt. There's something about him. He just can't go through a whole season that, you know, and play 17 games upright. And we knew there was something that was wrong with, and and people wanted to, you know, challenge his manhood. Oh, man, jump in there 
in, in the NFC Championship. Remember, there were people who were like, oh, he could have played. played. He could have yeah. played. No, nah, we probably knew something else wasn't right. And we knew it was wishful thinking from Kyle Shanahan and Lynch and the team to throw it out there. And it could have, they could have been just, you know, doing it for the ploy also to say, well, keep, keep the other teams at bay. Like, Jimmy may come back. Jimmy may not. You know, Jimmy at no point was coming back. The dude no. wasn't even on the sideline to the last couple of games. And so for the Raiders, they're on point. I I have no underst- I have no understanding why they even put their faith in Jimmy Garoppolo from the jump because they signed him rather quickly after you know Carr and a couple other guys were mm-hmm. were poached but there were some other quarterbacks that they could have ran after than Jimmy G and I'm not exactly sure why they went that way but they're reaping what they sow and it's a great again for for the Raiders organization it's a good move for Jimmy G it's a prove it and see move. Jimmy has to stay healthy. Sooner or later, you got to be upright and play a full season and stop being coy about the situation. You know that foot was busted up. Mm-hmm. You know, now, he you didn't hide that from the team. Well, but... Agreed, but, I mean, look, we could have worked through that from the beginning, too. Sure. But... We, we didn't have to put an addendum into that all of a sudden three months later. The question now becomes, with, with this clause and it seeming like a real possibility because the clause is there, it wouldn't be, wouldn't be there if it wasn't a real possibility – what do you do if uh, he's not ready for the start of the regular season? You got 37-year-old Brian Hoyer. Chase Garbers. You got Aiden O'Connell, who uh, was drafted in the fourth round this year. And somebody said that Aiden O'Connell, did you see this tweet last week? It was like his his press photo. Mm-hmm. Did you tweet this out, Kyle? Somebody said he looked like a knockoff Derek Carr <laughs> from a made-for-Hulu movie about the Josh Oh, that's a different Raiders. one. I made a different joke saying, uh, went kind of viral. I made a different joke saying he looks like the actor playing Derek Carr in a movie about Devontae Adams. Oh, oh that was oh. a s- similar, similar thread. Yeah. So a so, lifetime pick. Yes, yeah, yes, a lifetime exactly. Okay, I got you where you're so, going. So oh, Mark, yes. You, you have oh, Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell or... Jay? Chase Garbers, baby. You can hit the free agent market, and you got Matt Ryan. Okay. Carson Wentz. All right. Or Who we got? Who we got? Huh? Raiders part owner. Uh Uh-oh. Tom Brady coming down out of the owner's box to suit up for the Las Vegas Raiders. (laughs) I mean, literally what he tried to do with the Dolphins last year. Yes, exactly. Any of those pique your interest if you're a Raiders fan. Uh well first of all I'm not a Raiders fan. I said so, if well I, I, I would never I never want to even play position myself as a Raiders fan so I don't even want to think I don't want to play I'm watching yeah I don't want to be the I don't want to be the knockoff Jay in the Hallmark movie play, <laughs> watching for the Raiders fan uh give me Tommy B give me Brady really yeah I'll take Tommy B in the in the uh, the unstrengthened arm. I mean, right off now. this list, <laughs> yeah. sure. At least yeah, yeah. he can throw, unlike Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. Who Teddy else are you gonna get? I would go. T- I love Teddy B. Teddy B. I'm a big Teddy, Teddy. B guy. I like supporter. I like Teddy B. We got 41 year old Philip Rivers trying yeah, to get I back like in Teddy the NFL. B. Teddy B. To me, hasn't gotten a full shake, and injuries have always been his problem. He had Carolina rocking and rolling for a quick half of a season, and yeah. then got hurt again. Right? Man, I'll tell you what, they love Teddy Bridgewater back in Minnesota. Who this? He is day. a beast, man. He just he's like a folk hero back yes. there. Just can't. He like Jimmy G. Can't stay healthy. I was. I never bought. Like he's fine. You know what I mean? I never. I was. I never. I never bought the hype with Teddy. But off this list, if you're talking about Carson Wentz, Matt Teddy Ryan, B. who did you just mention? 
Kyle, 38-year-old who? Uh, Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. Rivers. No, you keep him. He's asking people to get back in the yeah. league. Yeah. Yeah. Sign me. Sign Is Big me Ben up. still looking to sign some? <laughs> no, <laughs> better stop. <laughs> Mason Rudolph hanging around somewhere? No, give me Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy I think, B. I, I think I'm going with, or just go with Aiden O'Connell, Tank, and go get your quarterback next year at the top of the draft. I'm taking Teddy B or Tommy B. <laughs> I'm going with lifetime Derek Carr. Dude, Devontae Adams is going to blow up if Jimmy Garoppolo ain't even ready for the regular season. Devontae well, Adams is going to lose his mind. Absolutely. Fair exchange, no robbery. We'll take him and give you one of Ayuk or Debo. <laughs> what do you want? Take your pick. Probably Ayuk because they kind of more in the form. You know, they kind of sure. look you want the similar. younger guy? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Ayuk for... Devontae Adams? Right now. Done deal. Absolutely. Let's do it. for the boy. Right after this, they said what? It's next on Cattles and Robin. You never know what you're going to get with an open mic. It's the good, bad, ugly, and funny from this past week in sports. They said what? On Cattles and Robin. Every Tuesday at 445, we bring you some of the more uh, notable quotes. From around the world of sports, some of the things that make you go, wait, they said what? That's why it's called They Said What? What? Here on Cattles and Rami. Jay in for Cattles today. Kyle over there, Simone in her usual seat on those updates and on the ones and twos. Uh, Giants and Brewers were going at it over the weekend, and uh, the Brewers have a very good bullpen. That's that's kind of been one of their hallmarks over this this. This stretch that they've been a playoff team. No more hater. A playoff. Yeah, even without Josh Harris. Still a very, very good bullpen. And games are just about a wrap if the Milwaukee Brewers are leading you after seven innings, as they were the San Francisco Giants. I believe this was on Thursday. And uh, Sean Estes wanted to make a point of just how good the Brewers have been when leading after seven innings. And there's a reason why the Brewers... This year, 45 and one when they're leading after seven innings. That back into the bullpen has been really good for them. That pitch is outside. What, what, what did you say the record was? <laughs> 45 and one, but not this year. They haven't won 45 games yet. <laughs> yeah, well, it's probably not 45 then. <laughs> I just, I, 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 I'm not that I'm doubting your no, numbers, I but you, you, I heard that. I was like, I'll oh, tell you what they are. They're 27 and 25, but they're 45 and one. They're that good after the seventh. Amazing. They've actually won more games than they've played. One and two to Anderson. Who fed him that number? Somebody was like, who fed Make it him? make sense. Oh, my God. I still don't know what he was trying to say. <laughs> Maybe like in over the last two years, maybe yeah. so, and someone didn't finish it out. I right? don't understand. Kyle, can you yeah. bring make some sense of this? I can. He okay. just—it's as simple as he got the number wrong. The stat is twenty-two and one. He just said forty-five and one for some reason. Okay, but that's not okay. Yeah. All these booths have stat guys yeah. up in the booth, statisticians, and they're the, maybe with technology, it's like going into some kind of messenger app, or they're just literally writing stuff down. Oh, yeah. Most of the time, and, they just and yeah. just passing notes to mm-hmm. the play-by play guy and the color announcer somebody handed sean estes right he's like oh, no okay that the brewers are 40 and he ron burgundy did yep. he just read yeah. whatever was in front of him and said 45 and one said what did you say i like to imagine he just went rogue and then as soon as he said it the stats people were just frantically trying to find the answer yeah. that's wrong sean let me find you the Bless right the right statistic they haven't even played 45 games no that's, that's what i'm saying we're not Didn't even 
Dave Fleming say they were like 28 and 27 or something? Yeah, they were 27 and 25 I at love, the time. I love that pause. There was a good pause in the middle of that. Okay, bit. well, I guess they're not right, 45 right. and 1. Oh. <laughs> Underrated funny is Dave Fleming just going, and one and two pitch on the way, just rushing it off. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> Meanwhile, let's circle back around to some Raiders talk. And we mentioned Tom Brady in the last segment. Coming down out of the owner's booth to uh, save the Raiders if Jimmy G is not ready. Please don't, Tom. Josh McDaniels, another New England transplant coming over from from the Patriots organization. And I guess he had to admit that the tuck rule was a fumble before they'd give him the head coaching job. And Josh McDaniels says, Tom Brady ain't special. Same rules apply to him. Great history with the player and an even better one with the person. So it would obviously be a tremendous honor to, to partner up with him again. Admitted it was a fumble. You think he's got to admit it too to be able to buy 100%. 100%. No question. He's not admitting that. Tom, no. Brady, Tom Brady will never, Tom, yeah, I'm about to say, Tom will never admit can't. that. No. And it wasn't a fumble. Like, it just, it wasn't. It's, it was a fumble, Ram. It was a, by the oh. rule, by the book. There was it, no book on it yet. It wasn't a fumble. It wasn't. Like, bad rule, not a bad call. They got the right call. By you with using a bad rule. That's but, that's but, not the referee's fault. But was the rule on the books at the time? There was I don't remember the exact wording. <laughs> yes, and there then was, for the two thousand two season they, they got rid they of it. They changed it. There yeah. was some wording in the rule book then that made that a incomplete pass and not a fumble. It was a fumble. They made the right call. As much I'm as I hate watching the, the yeah, thirty thirty now. <laughs> I hate the, the Raiders. It was a fumble. I mean it was I'm sorry. I don't. I just. I don't think that that it was. Meanwhile, we'll stick in the That's NFL and uh, head back to uh, my old stomping grounds of Chicago and Justin Fields, who could get a new contract this year if they want to extend him with two years left on the deal, as we've seen teams do with young franchise talent type of quarterbacks. He was asked about a possible new contract. Every year is a big year, so I mean, I mean, that's. I don't really have anything to you know expand on that but uh for me every year is a, a big year um and i'm excited to show with the what i'm not worried about contracts i'm worried about wins oh man i love that guy yeah i, I love that guy jay you can know they, what? can they not break him he, he, no. He's putting up a fight. <laughs> he's putting up a fight, Rami. There's They're going to mess hope. it up somehow. <laughs> you know what gets me and i i hate i can't stand this with with sports right now mm-hmm is how far we're prognosticating contracts. Yep. I mean, the dude got drafted, and it was like, oh, he's got to get another contract. No. He's, he's got two four. years into his NFL like, career. Come on, man. Let the dude play. Yeah. And they're, they're asking him about a contract already. That'll work itself out. Yes. If the man performs, he'll get paid. He'll get paid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, we're so worried about, you know, uh, you got to worry about three years down the road, they're going to have to pay him. Well, that's three years. We're at Lord le- willing. We're at least a year out before any substantive contract talks happen between Justin Fields and the Bears, and maybe two years out. Yes. I, I'm not telling anybody how to do their job, but that's kind of a ridiculous question that's to be asking right now. Two plus a team option, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's five years you control the quarterback from the jump. Let the man play a little bit. But I do love the answer. Can I just gush a little bit about how much I love Justin Fields? And yes, how I please. Hope, but the floor is yours. The, and how I hope the Bears don't break him because they've been breaking quarterbacks my whole life. Like, I keep getting excited about guys, Jay. Rex Grossman. Rex. Jay Cutler. Took you to the Super Bowl, baby. You name him. Cade McNown. Oh. I got fired up. I was like, this is a guy. Cade this is finally down. happening. The and what I, what I realized, this was after Cutler, what, what I realized was these weren't all just bad quarterbacks. <laughs> 
who were destined to never succeed in the NFL. Like some of them, maybe that was the case. No, this is an organizational problem. Yeah. And they just break quarterbacks. They well, get quarterbacks and they break them. They don't give them support in terms of talent, talent position players. They don't get them offensive lines. It's a constant revolving door at offensive coordinator because they insist on hiring defensive head coaches one after another after another. They finally go offense, and it's Matt Nagy who breaks (laughs) Mitch Trubisky in the long tradition of breaking quarterbacks in Chicago. God, I hope they get it right with this. Yeah, dude. breaking quarterbacks may be the rule, but we're looking for the exception. Oh my God! For Justin, can you do this man right? Can you do right by this man and Probably get not. him some help? Shut up, Kyle. Question. Yes. <laughs> to you, does Justin? Can Justin? I I, I play to win championships, right? I look yes. at people. To, can you win a championship with that? Person? I think he has franchise do you think he has? talent. Okay, if given the right the right support system. Yeah, the right environment. Okay. He could he could do it. That's a start, baby. He could oh take us God. to the positive. Got a flashback of that kid. He was like closing his eyes and like, can he go into like a, a quasi meditative state? Yeah. Actually, <laughs> like, on uh, National Mental Health Day, the Bears yeah. put out a video on Twitter, and it was a guided meditation, voiced by Justin Fields. Oh, that's wow. awesome! Yeah, he's big in the meditation stuff. Not like Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it seems very peaceful. What I remember, and I just remember, up. Oh, he's turning on the lights right now. This is crazy. I'm a, I'm a believer in meditation myself. I'll go home and be uh, meditating on my couch at about Last six five this afternoon. Yes, sir. And uh, finally, finally, a guy who's a regular in they said what may, maybe heard for a more often than anybody in they said what this was. Uh, Pat Bev and the subject of dirty players came up on the uh, Pat Bev podcast. Anybody you would call a dirty player, someone who? No, my ass. Who? Who? Say it, bro. Chris Paul. Chris Paul. <laughs> it's like it's a shock when you say it in, in front of like people who's not in the basketball world, but when you say it in front of like basketball players and referees, even referees. Oh, okay, yeah, that doesn't surprise you know. I've heard this before. For sure. Dude. I've heard this. Hundred People times. see the State Farm commercials. Mm-hmm. Great smile. Yep. Uh, t- uh, player representative for, for the Players Association. Yep. He's got, he's got a squeaky clean image. President. But you ask guys. Yeah, he's the president of the mm-hmm. players. You ask guys around this league. Pat Bev ain't the only one saying that Chris Paul is one of, if not the dirtiest player in this league. You know one thing about it is, and this is going to sound bad, man. Look, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. I'm trying to win the championship, right? So as much as <laughs> as much as people give grief, Chris Paul is. I respect it. I respect the fact. Yeah, I respect it though. He's trying to win. He's trying to get it. Look, he's not doing anything that's out of the ordinary, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I'm gonna throw a little elbow at you, I'm gonna pull your shorts back here. I'm gonna grab your your, your uh, strings on your shorts over that way. You know, I'm gonna pinch you a little bit. That Man, type of stuff. Try to win, yeah. brother. But I've seen a bunch of. Uh... Shots to the nether region. Yeah, that's that's Paul. a little that, different. That's, that's going a little that's too far. That's called Mike Tyson punch out. I'm going to punch you out. <laughs> but 